1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So there's definitely like
0: a moment where I had to like calm down. Because when you work for yourself and all you're doing is like chasing deals and chasing commissions, like you work 24 hours a day. Like there's no... Like, if I'm not working, then I potentially am not making money. Like, why would I take a day off? I might not make money. I didn't take a day off for my first three years because I was, I was so nervous that I wasn't going to make money.
1: This can't be it. There has to be more. Wait, am I crazy? No. If you're yearning for more and working hard to make your dreams a reality, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Dreamcatchers. It's the only show committed to helping you self-actualize and then transcend, leaving you with the legacy you've always desired. Listen in on conversations with successful philanthropists, entrepreneurs, and founders every week as we connect with them for inspiration, education, and direction. Your host, Jerome Myers, is here to help you exit the matrix and transform into a leader of your own revolution. The question is, do you believe your dreams should be real? Ryan. Yes, sir. Welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. So good to be with you, man. It's, it's really exciting to sit with you. I've watched a lot of interviews, listened to a lot of talks, and you're the man that believes in big money energy. Yes. <laughs> and that is not the same as fake it till you make it. Yeah. So let's go in the deep end right off the bat. What is big money energy? Big money energy
0: is big magnetic energy. Right, It's the feeling that you get from somebody when you are attracted to their success. And that's the type of person, someone who has BME, is the type of person that can walk into a room and can control the room and okay. knows exactly what they want. And it's everything that I did not have when I, when I started my professional career. And as I was thinking about... You know, what happened was I, I wrote my first book, Sell it Like Sir Hand. I mean it did really well and became the sales Bible for salespeople everywhere. But it, it was very much like a tactical toolkit. Mm-hmm. But the secret sauce to that is like mindset, is confidence and is big money energy. And that wasn't in Selt Like Sir Hand because people would come to me and they'd say, All right, I know exactly what to say, I know exactly what to do, I know exactly how to structure my day now. Thank you. I know how to sell my palms are sweaty. <laughs> like I feel sick to my stomach. I can't sleep. I am an imposter. I am 22. How do I do this? Or no one's going to, you know, trust me. My, my, my suit is too big for me. It's like, I felt the same exact way. And the way to get around that is to create almost like your own alter ego for the person that you're going to become. And to do that, you create big money energy. And so I wrote that book real fast during the pandemic.
1: Okay. So, you said your professional career. Yeah, is that acting or real estate?
0: Uh, no, real estate. Real I estate. Yeah, because I, I was I was only an actor for two years in the city right after I graduated college, and I think like for anyone that goes to school and then kind of does something right after, like your brain hasn't disassociated from school yet. Yeah. Like I was just sort of like on an extended like I guess I'm not going back to school now, right. and it just kept going. And, so you know, did the best I could, but I didn't make a whole lot of money acting. And so it didn't feel like I was a real professional yet. Maybe it would have had I had I really stuck to it. But it got to the point where it wasn't making me happy and I couldn't afford to live in New York and not make money. And I, I, and I didn't want a survival job, right? Like I didn't want to bartend or wait tables or temp and I didn't want to go back to school. Because so I just knew too many people that when they did that, they do that. That yeah. becomes who they are. They're like a professional bartender who still tries to act instead of being an actor who bartends here and there to pay their bills because you get used to making money, man. It's a drug. Like you become a drug addict to paying rent and then you have a Netflix subscription and a Prime subscription and you want to go to dinner and then the movies and all of a sudden like working for free doesn't really pay for all this stuff. So I guess I'll take another shift and then another shift and then you start giving up on the passion because the shifts keep paying the bill and then that's you. Then you're a professional. At whatever that survival job was, and so I think one of the big things for me when I first got started, you know, in New York City was like I subconsciously made a decision to like burn all the boats. Yeah, just swim. Like, don't have a safety net because if I give myself a safety net, I'm definitely taking it. <laughs> right? If I had a security blanket, I will definitely roll up in it. If my parents lived closer to me, I would have probably lived with them and not had the pressure of paying. Rent and food and laundry services, right? Because I was totally by myself. So that wall really pushed me and made me create that big money energy because I I had no other choice.
1: Okay. Now you brought up parents. Yeah. Did you ever think about going back home?
0: Yeah, every day. Way, way easier than trying to work in New York City. Why didn't you do it? Because it would have meant like just failure, you know? And like, and I knew that if I moved home, and my parents were not close, like they were in Colorado. Like in Steamboat Springs, in the middle of the woods. And so I could have gone there, sure, but I never would have come back to New York. And I knew too many people that moved home for like six months to like get their life right. And then they're gone forever. Look at all the people that moved out of cities during COVID. I have a friend who moved, he grew up in South Dakota. Okay, where is South Dakota? He grew up there, moves to New York City after school, builds a company, whole life, everything. COVID happens, he's got three kids. So he moves back. Parents are older. They go to South Dakota because he now he can afford to do whatever he wants. Now that was March of twenty twenty. He has not come back. He is now like they bought a house. They live in South Dakota. So like that's what would have happened to me, which is fine. No offense to any other state, but like if I could make it in New York, I could make it anywhere. And there was just way too much opportunity. And moving home would have been a total
1: failure to me. I had to figure it out. So you. The day you decided acting is over. Yeah. You remember that day?
0: I remember it was definitely a slow process. Like there's no band-aid that gets ripped off. There there definitely is a moment where you wake up and you're like, Oh, I haven't like auditioned for anything in in a month. Weird. But you could always get right back into it. It's like the day you stop working out, you don't make a day, all of a sudden you're like, Dude, I haven't worked out in two years. I guess you stopped. (laughs) So but I remember doing Romeo and Juliet in the park. And by in the park, I mean the Hudson River median to the West Side Highway. So not
1: Central Park on a big stage.
0: No, 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 no. Like when you're driving down the West Side (laughs) Highway, there's some grass. And so I got cast in Romeo and Juliet on that piece of grass. And there was a guy who was 60 years old, okay, and I was 22. Mm -hmm. So he was 60. He was cast as Father Capulet, right? And he was so excited about doing this show. And was so pumped and was inviting agents. That's what you do. Like, when you work for free, like, you invite agents. You want people to see you, see your work. Maybe so this that might wasn't be-
1: paid. This is No,
0: free. Okay. Everything you do when you move to New York City to do theater, do acting, you work for free. Student films. You try to build up your reel. Okay. Everything. Like, I never made money until, like, the soap opera for a little bit until they killed me. And I just remember him, like, before opening, quote, unquote, afternoon, he was so excited. And I distinctly remember just looking at his face with all these people around us not paying attention to us. I was like, I have to do something right after this so I don't become you. That is terrifying to me, that I am gonna be 60, that I'm gonna be here working for free, waiting for my big break in 40 years. And so after that, relatively close to that, I got my real estate license, which for most actors is like, you failed. You know, there's that meme, like you're either a bottle girl for the rest of your life or you live long enough to become a real estate agent, you know? yeah. No offense. That's just a meme. I didn't make it up. And so, so that's like, oh, I'm going to become a realtor. Great. But then I saw what all these other real estate agents were doing and how they operated their business. I was like, this is boring. And I have no shame. And guess what? I've always worked for free. You know, I work. That's, so all these other people get into real estate and they quit, right? The, the turnover rate for new agents is almost 90% every year. It's hard. Because one, it's hard. It's hard to make money. People hate rejection. Yeah. They take it super personally. And they can't pay bills. Like if you're a real estate agent and you don't close or sell anything or rent anything in a year, you're probably going to quit. But I was so used to working for free for two years and getting rejected personally, yeah. you know, that if someone didn't take an apartment from me, I didn't think it was because of my nose or my voice. I thought it was because, like, they found another one or they suck. You know, like, you'll realize real quick, you become a realtor grandmothers will lie to the face of baby jesus to save five dollars like you learn real quick the way people act around money mm-hmm. um and you become real tough real fast and you learn to talk a whole lot faster i remember going home for like that thanksgiving after i got into the business and my parents asking me a question about like what i was doing and like 10 minutes later they're just staring at me and my little brother was like bro slow down you've changed <laughs> like, what do you mean I've changed? I haven't changed. You've changed. Fuck you. <laughs> you know? like, like, get out of my house. Pay me a commission. God damn it. I hate everybody. <laughs> um, so there's definitely like a moment where I had to like calm down because when you work for yourself and all you're doing is like chasing deals and chasing commissions, like you work 24 hours a day. Like there's no, like if I'm not working, then I potentially am not making money. Like why would I take a day off? I might not make money. I didn't take a day off for my first three years because I was, I was so nervous that I wasn't going to make money.
1: A lot of people want to unlock their ultimate potential but lack the strategy, support, and stamina necessary to achieve their major goals. They often try to overcome these challenges by trying to do it on their own, causing frustration, fatigue, and eventually failure. We have developed a model for a center life, aka the red pill, to help them bolster their beliefs, gain clarity on their path to success, and provide accountability as they take action on their goals. When they take the red pill, they rapidly accelerate attainment of their goals and begin to experience a life of significance and impact. Want to find out more? Hop over to JeromeMyers.co. Now, let's get back to the episode. So there's so many people out there who are scared to pivot or make an adjustment, change because failure is a scary word. Yeah. You did it with acting. Yeah. And then I think you did it recently yeah. during COVID again. Uh, you talked about burning the ships. I burned the ships when I left corporate America. Yeah. And so I, I understand that thought process. The The real question I have there is why burn the boats? Why, Why blow it all up? Why not just enjoy the comfort? Because once you have the trauma of not making money, right, right then you start making it. Going back into the deep end of the pool, I think it's terrifying for most people. They they would rather just have what they have yep, instead of risking it all.
0: Yeah, I mean, great risk comes potentially with great reward, you know? Pivoting out of acting into real estate wasn't like a career pivot for me. It was a survival pivot, and I went from making no money – to making no money. Right. So it wasn't like I was blowing up my life, which is also why I think I found success during the great recession because a lot of other people had been making money then all of a sudden weren't and that's really really hard to recover from. Yeah. I I was just like, I guess real estate's really hard. I guess people get fired all the time. I didn't have a stock portfolio. I had like $0. You know, I, I, I worked out at a gym for free because I passed flyers out next to the F train on 63rd Street for a year and a half because so I, I couldn't afford a gym membership. Gym memberships in the city are so stupid expensive. It's crazy. So I did a lot of work for free and work for trade programs so I didn't have to have those jobs so I could just kind of follow my quote-unquote passion. But I definitely did burn the boats when I left my team behind. I had 65 people. And on July 1st, 2020, I left them all behind because there was no other way for me to take the next step in my life. Like I wanted to build something for myself and build something much bigger. And some of them understood that. Some of them definitely did not. And the world was on fire at the same time. And so I figured if everything else is on fire, my little fire is not gonna be that big of a deal. And then when I put my fire out, everyone's gonna be like, oh, look, he did it. And that's exactly what happened. I was able to find our headquarters in Soho for an amazing deal because I did it in October, 2020 and everyone was like, Oh my gosh, someone just rented a retail, a building in Soho, that guy, maybe things aren't so bad, you know, and slowly, but surely that snowball starts, starts building. But I also knew it like deep down in my gut that blowing everything up and burning those boats was the only way for me to figure out like how well I was going to be able to swim. Otherwise, I'm just on a rowboat with a bunch of other rowboaters, and we're just rowboing to the sunset, and like, then, then what? I die?
1: Like That sucks. Well, that's a lot of people's lives, though, right? I mean, that's what they're signing up for with yeah. the traditional program. So, Which is fine. I think that's totally fine. Like,
0: there's no right answer. I think if you wake up happy every day, then I, I think that is an amazing find. If you yeah. are pumped and excited every day. But if you're not, then... Listen, take a step back and consider it. And maybe maybe you can't be. I get it. Like I not everyone's life is equal. Absolutely. But if you have the opportunity to find like happiness in what you do during the day, then you need to take that, even if it's totally terrifying.
1: And that's what I was trying to get to. I people who stay in the system, it's fine. They can stay in the matrix. But for those who are asking those questions, yeah. Like, what's it all for? Is there more? Yeah if they don't follow that i think they end up in a space of regret and i think you mentioned you've you got a picture of an age version of yourself on your phone yeah you old man for that me. guy
0: yeah 80, 80, 80 year old me
1: 80 old ryan yeah so what's he say
0: yeah wait I, dude i, I like I don't, i'm not messing around here i'll show you i'll show you him this is me come on hold on wait one second yeah here he is dude right there this is me <laughs>
1: This is me. You're like a politician, yeah, this is me as running for
0: president when I'm eighty years old. This is in my phone and this guy, look how happy that guy is.
1: See? He's eighty and he's freaking rocking house. Wait, that's your big money energy suit too, isn't it? I,
0: I wear a lot of blue pinstripe suits. I think that's a different one, but I, I wear different. a lot of blue and pink. Because I'm, like, very white and pink, and anything else can kind of, like, drown me out. You know, it's important to know your colors. And so, yeah, old man me is definitely, that guy is who I,
1: is who I work for. So what does he say to you, like, on those days? Because like you work a lot. Sweet
0: nothings. He whispers to me.
1: I don't believe you. In night. Yeah, exactly. He's like, don't do that.
0: Don't do that. No, I'm just messing with you.
1: What does he say? When you, because
0: you work a lot. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. Got a little one now, married. You know, like, you know what he
0: says? more than anything he says it's worth it. Yeah? Like that's what I need to hear. Cuz you know you like you work yourself to the bone. I don't see my daughter for 4 days in a row and I'm in New York. I just miss her in the morning and I don't see her at night wow. and I can't get home. You know, you work an 18-hour day and like your your head hurts. Like I need I need old man Ryan to tell me it's worth it. Like just wait. It's worth it. Otherwise Like, what am I doing? Why would I do? I should go home. Like, I should clock out at 5 o'clock. Right. You know, I should go grab a beer. I should hang out. I should play golf. Right? I don't play golf. I can't afford to play golf. I work seven days a week. Because I am convinced that it's worth
1: it. And so... When you decided it was worth it, was it before the family or after? Way before. Way before. Yeah. And so... Outworking everybody else yeah. is the name of the game for you. Yeah,
0: I didn't have any other cards, really. Like, I'm not—listen, at least in the market I got started in, you know, real estate brokerage is a networked business. It's all really, like, who you know. Who you know? Like, Where you went to school? What's your religion? You know, what what do you have in common with everybody? I was born in Houston. I moved eight times before fourth grade. I grew up outside Boston. I came to New York City to do theater. That didn't work out. I was by myself. I didn't know anyone in New York. I'm not part of any clubs, any schools, anything. I'm pretty much an introvert, even though I play an extrovert on TV. And so I was stuck. It's like, so what do I do? Mm -hmm. And so back up against a wall, like, you have to go big or go home. And, like, that was the only option for me was to – just really, really go for broke. Like and again, what's the worst that can happen? The two worst things that can happen in life. One you die, two you go to jail. That's it. Like as long as those two things don't happen, everything else, you're probably gonna be okay. Like Figure talking, out-able. Dude, yeah. talking to strangers, saying, Hey, can I do business with you? that nobody does because you're like nervous and confrontation, oh I don't know, I can't do that. What's what are they do you think that guy's really gonna punch you in the face? <laughs> It's the same thing with dating. Like when I was in high school, my dad was, I was like too nervous to ask a girl out. She wasn't going to like me and you know, I was like, I had terrible acne and I was overweight and he was like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, she's going to say no? I was like, yeah, she's going to say no. She'd embarrass me in front of my entire school and I might then die or go to jail. He's like, well, if you're going to do one of those things then don't ask her out. Otherwise, you just have to ask. Like every time we would move because we move so often, the first thing we would do Moving truck shows up, and my dad would take me and my little brother, and we would march down the street, and we'd have to go knock on everyone's door, and he would make us talk to the people inside and say, hi, my name's Ryan, my name's Jack, we just moved into town, will you be our friends? And it was the worst, and it was so uncomfortable, oh. but I swear to you, I am still friends with those people to this day, because I actually,
1: we had, we were forced to make an effort, because what's the
0: worst that can happen,
1: you know? So... Do you apply that when you're negotiating deals? Because you do some big deals.
0: Yeah, yeah, always. I mean, you you go for broke. You always try. You always offer. You always counter. You're always out there. I hate working with people who don't follow that that methodology. You know, who lead with ego. Like there's there's no ego. You know, uh, with me. Even if I say that I just want everyone to lose and I want to win. Like, I, I, you got to be a good person. You got to play well in the sandbox, and you just got to work for the deal. Like. You know, as far as sales are concerned, I tell everyone too. Like, I don't work for the seller, and I don't work for the buyer, and I tell them that to their face. I work for the deal. I tell everybody, like, yes, my fiduciary is to you. I will do what's best for you, but I'm also going to push you for what's best for this transaction and what's best to get this deal done. Because that's why you hired me. If you just want a tour guide, if you just want a buddy. There's just like a lot of other buddies out there. I am not your buddy, right? We're here to get deals done, and I think that's why we sell as much as we do.
1: And that success beget other success for you, I would say. Success
0: begets success. Yeah. 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 People want to work with people who know what they're doing. And then but it's also how you shout that success from the mountaintops. Like you gotta let people know. You know, you gotta be a bit shameless. How are people gonna know that you sold that thing if no one knows that you sold that thing? How are you gonna get more business? You can't be like the humble little secret successful person. You can, I guess, in certain businesses, but definitely not in mine
1: yeah being the best kept secret doesn't serve anybody well, I would guess, yeah. and the confidence or the ability to articulate your ability to help other people is really really valuable, yeah um especially with a proven track record. So the final question the one I want to ask all of our guests is what's the one thing you want the listeners to take away from this episode? Dude, these questions today. What is the one thing I want everyone to take away from this episode like if he can do it, I can do it. I love that. I used to say that all the time in the weight room in college. Yeah. In the weight room? <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. played football, and somebody would get up, and they do something, and I'm like, man, I can do it, too. Yeah. And
0: Dude, if they can do it. But, but, when people do things that you want to do and you haven't done them yet, it's not to make you feel bad that someone else got that piece of success or got that win. It's to show you someone else in your immediate vicinity did the thing that you want to be able to do, which means that you can do it, too. And... If I can go from hand model to dead doctor on a soap opera to rental real estate agent to power real estate broker to running my own company, like any, all I did was say yes at every corner. Like all I did was just keep pushing forward through all of the negatives. And like you end up becoming like too busy to fail. You know, I think that's like an important note that maybe we end on. Like as long as you stay very committed. And you keep that consistency, and you work incredibly hard. You will be too busy to fail because you'll be too busy to notice that shit's on fire. Like whereas everybody else is going to take a step back and say, "Oh my god, no, 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 it was too fast," or "No, no, no, that's too big of a decision." I don't have analysis paralysis because I don't pay attention, you know. And ignorance, I think, is part of my secret sauce. If I overthink things, dude, I wouldn't do anything. I'd be too scared, too nervous. Anxiety would take over me getting out of bed, but. I make sure that I stay busy and I power through those minutes so that I don't fail because I
1: just leave it in the wind. All of us there. Ryan, if people want to find out more about you, hear more from you, how do they do that? They call you. What's your
0: cell? <laughs> At Ryan Surhant, everywhere. Just, yeah, everywhere. RyanSerhant.com, Serhant.com. Outstanding. Thank you so much for being on the show, Thanks, man. man. Thanks Love you your
1: city. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real.